In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. In the Deep Vala chewed at the end of her braid as she stared with roving eyes at the writhing forms in the infirmary's beds. The reddish-gold hair was wisping as it unraveled. It was a bad habit, she knew, and usually an unconscious one, but as she spat out small bits of hair, she told herself this time it was fine. It was better to do this than let herself be overwhelmed by fear. This year of delving in Skyhome's deeper minds had been particularly rough. Unexpected delays had slowed progress to a crawl as they hit a dense and difficult type of rock the experienced dwarves had never encountered before. When the first loads came back for the Underdelve Master's inspection, he was puzzled and made careful notes in his thick tome. The fragments were a flat black in the torchlight and seemed to absorb the light about them. Some of the pieces bore strange marks, but whether it was writing or due to the chance scratchings of the miner's pick was impossible to tell. They had made of it what they could, brought in master forgers to make reinforced picks, and bore on. The fear subsided quickly when the dense stone gave way to the softer, more familiar stuff that dwarves knew well, and the fragments quickly became a curiosity on a shelf and a footnote in the tome as they began to gather dust. Soon after that, there were tremors that shook the delve. Some of those deepest in the new works came back with wide eyes showing white and grimy faces, swearing to the gods that the minds were breathing. Dvala shuddered at the thought. She was no stranger to the backbreaking toil in the deep places of the world and had imagined strange things herself, but these descriptions were a new type of terror, and those who shared them were the most stalwart and not given to flights of fancy. Then, two weeks ago, things got really bad. After finally breaking through the dense and unfamiliar stone, there had been a sudden rush of wind, and through the black crack ahead, a noxious smell as of decay came flooding through the gallery. In a few minutes, as pressure equalized, the wind stopped, but the smell lingered for days. Dvala could still taste it on the back of her tongue, and the thought nearly made her wretch. When the first tentative dwarf poked his head through the crack, he immediately gave the signal to be drawn back. When he did, he clutched in his hand several smooth, deep purple crystal shards. He had held them up, and some inner light illumined the faces in the darkness. There was silence, and the crystals passed from hand to hand. There are hundreds of them, loose to the touch, lining the wall of the shaft, breathed the dwarf. Free for the taking! The next days saw a flurry of activity. The Underdelve Master had arranged for the smallest to slip through the crack to draw out more of the shards. Those who ventured in came back with basket after basket and stories of what they had seen. One common report came from enough of the tough miners to become expected. On the other side of the crack is a shaft. It stretches up and up and up and down and down and down. It seems only to be safe on this side of the shaft where there's a narrow ledge there's no end of these shards, but I'd rather not go back in if it's all the same to you. Not for a day or two. But a dwarf's curiosity is no easy thing to quench, and within a few hours some of the most adamant about not returning were clamoring to return and to gather more of the crystals. 
This continued for some time, but then the first signs of real trouble began to appear. It started with two brothers who came to the infirmary for itching skin. They had just come off their sixth shift in as many days and were heading into another. The itching was unusually strong, though, and they thought it best to be checked out first. The dwarf on duty in the infirmary drew back at the sight of the skin, which had gone dark and wrinkly, yet smooth and glossy. The brothers were immediately assigned to two of the beds, and after that the cases came in with greater frequency. The underdelve master was quick to link the rising numbers with the newly opened area and posted a guard after halting all digging. Yet more dwarves found themselves touched by this evil, and the trickle became a flood. Across the infirmary, now, a voice whimpered in the dark, but the sound tapered off with a grunting growl that made Dvala's blood run cold. It hardly sounded dwarvish. She rocked back in her chair and sighed. In went the braid. Only two days ago, as if at some silent signal, the first of the dwarves began to twist. Arms lengthened, faces contorted, teeth began to grow sharp and protrude. Someone had referred to these first cases as urku, the dwarvish word for twisted ones, and others had taken up the name. Suddenly, Dvala realized that something was off. She could hear her own breathing and the creak of the chair beneath her. Yet only a moment ago the dark room had been filled with twitching, with groans, and with snuffling. Now it was deathly silent. A motion at a nearby bed caught her eye, and a brief flash of purple light winked out as a deft hand slid one of the shards away. That was impossible. The shards were to have been confiscated, locked away. Dvala rose, but as she did, every form in the infirmary rose with her. She saw now just how complete the twisting had been. Forms rose, tall and menacing around her. Dwarves she had known for years, labored beside, feasted beside, laughed with, were now unrecognizable. Their faces were piggish, their arms lank and long, their legs bowed, yet every bit as powerful as those of the dwarves. And their eyes, their eyes shone in the dark with a deep purple light. Dvala took one step back, and then another. She stopped suddenly when she bumped into one of the guards who had just returned from the crack. Oh, thank you, she began turning to face them, to ask for help, but her words stuck in her throat as she registered the telltale signs of twisting in the once familiar face. The guard sneered at her and shoved a handful of shards into her now-frozen hand. Come with us, sister! The twisting dwarf, this Urku, snarled at her, and his grip around her wrist was like iron. You'll like it where we're going, to the top of the shaft. We have found true power. And with that, Dvala fell, her hand curled tight around the shards. Her last thoughts as she was lifted and carried at a run through the dark reaches of the new gallery were of her family and his wiry arms pulled at the supports closest to the crack to pull them in. The falling stone drowned out the last of the conscious thoughts of Dvala, before her mind became something... else. There you have it, stackers. This is a little something that I've tacked on before some of our upcoming episodes because it's important to the upcoming story. Hope you like it. Hope it will fit in neatly with the other things that I've prepared for the rest of the party. Like I said last week, this is a filler to hold us over, to give us time to edit our next actual play episodes, and we are looking forward to continuing our story. Sorry for the false start. This is football season in the United States, but we will get going as quickly as we can on this story. We really miss sharing it with you, and we're ready to get going with it. 
We hope to hear from you stackers. Feel free to contact us on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice, and you can always email us at stack.o.dice at gmail.com, and we'll see you here again next time, right here at Stack of Dice.